Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the room again is Karen Blackett. How are you doing, Karen? I am doing really well, fine and dandy. Well, you have a new job since the last time we spoke to you. You are now <laughs> WPP's country manager. Not that new anymore. <laughs> no, not that new anymore. <laughs> no, how long is it now? 18 months. 18 months. Yeah. What does a country manager actually do? So, I think I have a brilliant job of being Nick Fury for the Avengers Assemble, essentially. So, um, I have three KPIs, which are about people, clients, and presence. So, people is about making sure that I help attract the most diverse and talented bunch of people to work at WPP, Mm -hmm. that I make sure that the talent that we already have at WPP think about careers in WPP. So I help facilitate that by looking at taking brilliant talent uh, who might want more experience to become more T-shaped and moving them to another operating company but also making sure that when we talk about talent that we are future-proofing ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then for clients, it's about the client experience and client journey through WPP. So thinking how I help our operating uh, brands grow our clients' business, Mm -hmm. help them with their navigation through WPP, because sometimes now the answer to one of their business questions may be more than one operating companies so how I can help them join those operating companies together and then uh, obviously attracting new business uh, to WPP in the UK but also part of a global pitch it may be and then finally presence which is where we're seen and how we're seen so I think yesterday was the announcement of us creating a WPP campus in Manchester um, that it was officially out there uh, that we have signed a deal on an 80,000 plus square footage site in Manchester in Enterprise City and again part of that is because growth and creativity isn't just in London there are other opportunities Mm. and we know that more than anything because of Mediacom and what we have done at Mediacom in Manchester and the growth that's happened in that region. I'm a big fan of sorry so the 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 campus approach I spent some time in the one in Shanghai the Ah, WPP one and it's great you just floor after floor of different companies and you can see how people interact and work with each other. Well it's a brilliant space to help with creativity you sort of want those open doors you still want every operating company to have their own identity and brand so it's not about it becoming WPP it is every single operating brand has their identity it's just helping facilitate uh, that collaboration. So this role was created for you you had it somewhere else, I think, but it, this role was created for you. Has was that was that a good thing? Was that freeing, or was that intimidating? So uh, there is a country manager WhatsApp group. So the role yeah. exists. So there are twenty three country managers in total, but. I was the first country manager for the the UK. UK, So the first for a big market. So uh, it's brilliant because there's not somebody else's footsteps that you have to follow. You know, Karen, you would have ripped up the rules anyway, wouldn't you? (laughs) Let's face it. Well, you you need to do what's right for the business at the time. So I did spend a lot of time with some of my other country managers to... I think it's always good to get shared learning. It's lonely, isn't it? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. but also what they've done, which is brilliant. So if I can shortcut, you know, yeah. doing things and do it quicker and land it quicker in the UK, I will. So 
uh, Demet in Turkey, who is amazing, who is also CEO of Group M in Turkey, but she's the country manager yeah. for WPP. Spent some time with her. She was gracious with her time. Told me a lot about what she'd been doing. And she's three years okay. on that journey already. Um, Ranjana in Indonesia, I spent some time with. Massimo from Italy, I spent mm. some time with. All very different markets mm. to the UK. But what's the best things that they have done that have landed that I could possibly recycle in the UK? Well, what, give, give us an example of something. So look, uh, Demet has done a lot in terms of uh, mergers and acquisitions mm. and bringing together certain opcos in Turkey. But also one of the things that we are doing in the UK uh next year is an innovation festival and that's about showcasing the best in terms of innovation from across the different disciplines cool. in WPP and Demet has done that in Turkey that uh, really and she gets about 1500 people a day over a three-day period yeah. coming to that festival so that is something that we are looking at doing in the UK and we're now in conversations with who are the organizations that can help us make it happen um, so that's a brilliant example mm. from her. And Massimo was all about structure. It's okay. literally all about process and structure was what I've learned from here. The different groups that he's set up in terms of enabling people to come together and collaboration, mm. I sort of learned from, from Massimo. Very interesting. Now, I, I was doing my research for this and there's a lot of stuff on you. Uh, they, they, some people I've, I, I struggle to get Do I need to take some of it down? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. From, but, you know, it's everything from TED Talks to Wikipedia pages. You're out there. You're a very public figure. Do you know what? The Wikipedia page, slight distraction, was yeah. um, Pip Jameson, who runs the dots. She was doing a course with a bunch of schoolgirls teaching them how to code and they wanted a project and they decided their project was to write my Wikipedia page. That's how no, cool lovely. is that? That's, That's brilliant. That is lovely. Um, so we get to hear from you a lot, but what don't you get to talk about that you'd really like to get out there? Do you know what? I am quite an open book, so I don't think there's anything that I've held back because uh, I'm not very good at, as Sue would know, at holding things back. <laughs> so um, yeah, what is out there is what is important to me. So part of that's about, you know, how I think the industry needs to be more diverse. And I talk a lot now about belonging as mm. part of that journey. It's not just about diversity and inclusion it's about belonging people really feeling as though they can have a voice and do the you, voice do, is listening to you think to. we're doing well enough look i Leading think question i know I, look if i compare where we are now to five years ago mm. there are conversations which are happening all the time now mm. um but it's behavior changing it, it, it's it's action yeah. uh, that yeah. i think we're still slow on um I think there is absolute awareness that it is needed. I think there are people at different stages in terms of why it's needed. Yep. Some people thinking, well, I have to, it's something I have to be seen to be doing rather than genuinely believing that it will affect business in a positive way. But are we being, are we being clear enough? I mean, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask, this mm. might be a bit controversial, but you know, if you go to work at a hospital, they don't go, we'd kind of like it if you washed your hands. You know, most mm. of us wash our hands around here. We think mm. it's a decent thing to do. That, that's not what happens, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone washes their hands, end of. And over and over again, I come across things, and I'm not just talking about Mediacom, because I spend a lot of time, you know, Catherine out there talking as you do, mm. and then you get asked questions. Mm. And time and time again, I hear of things that, frankly, make me think that as a sector, 
we're not doing anywhere near mm. enough. And and you, Andrew, you actually told me about someone um, who had taken someone in his team who was just a starter to lunch at the Griffin. Now, I don't know what happened about that. You wouldn't tell me who it was. No. I, 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 you, I, you could out them now. I mean, I don't know. The person who took him has left Mediacom. Right, good, good, good. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, could that happen? Could that be happening? Yeah. Could that be happening today? Mm-hmm. Or is everybody who's listening to this clear yeah. that those Look, things I are think, unacceptable? I think it comes from the top. Uh, it mm-hmm. absolutely has to come from the top. That the cultural change. And this is about cultural change, and it's also about future-proofing business. It has to come from the top. If I think about WPP, I think there is a very clear cultural mandate mm. about what is acceptable and unacceptable. Mm. I also think we have seen people leave the business because what used to be seen as acceptable is no longer acceptable. Yeah. What I think we haven't been tough enough on is very clear KPIs because it is yeah. inconsistent across yeah. our operating brands. And we, and we wouldn't be as fuzzy about KPIs about profit, for example. Absolutely we? not. And this is a business imperative. Yeah. So yeah. we have KPIs about profit margin. We have KPIs about revenue growth. Yeah. There should be KPIs about DNI, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. And, and, and do people have a sense of belonging? It's actually quite Absolutely. easy to measure, isn't it? You Absolutely. just ask. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, look, I think there is clarity from the top about the sort of culture that we are and, and you know, for WPP to even mention culture, I think is a big thing, mm. uh, you know, that we are absolutely about being open. We mm. absolutely about extraordinary individuals and I do work with extraordinary mm. people every day. Um, but there needs to, that, that in my view, there needs to be follow up on KPI. I formed an inclusion board at WPP in the UK, which is made up of a combination of people with people roles or HR roles, mm. but also uh, in terms of management teams, MDs and CEOs, mm. to make sure that we hold ourselves accountable. Mm. Um, and we start setting the criteria for the organisations. And that's, you know, there's 16, 15, 16 people on that board that make up about 60% of the revenue mm. for WPP mm-hmm. in the UK. And we are holding ourselves accountable. Um, And part of that is about, you know, a minimum standard. Uh, When we show up and our presence where we're seen, I don't want to see all male white panels Mm. anymore. It shouldn't be happening Mm. from a WPP Mm. operating company. Mm. There is enough talent Mm. at senior levels for that never to happen. So it's, it's those sort of areas. So I do agree that we need to be a bit clearer on some of the mm. KPIs. But look, the conversations we are having now didn't happen... Yeah, much better. ...didn't happen well. five, ten years ago. Now, you and I have worked together for um, how many God years? God was a boy. <laughs> was, you, you were very... You were a baby in arms. Oh, I was please. obviously a child. Um, <laughs> but so I've known quite a lot of your bosses over the, over the years. But um, uh, here's one of, our, one of our kind of regular questions. What did you learn from the best boss you've ever had? Um, you feel free to name notes <laughs> or not. <laughs> uh, look, I think I have been fortunate that I genuinely, in my time at Media Business and Mediacom, who have had bosses who were my sponsors and cheerleaders. And it sounds ridiculous and counterintuitive, but I think they forgot I was a woman and that I was black. They did not. And that sounds ridiculous. They just saw somebody that wanted to win. But I don't think that is ridiculous. I think that's the point, is that Mm. all of this is about winning. Yeah. And all of this is about 
how stupid are you if you go, well, she's really, really good, but oh, have you noticed she's black so we won't promote her? Yeah. I mean, it's like, what kind of, yeah. what kind of, I don't know how sweary I can get, but what kind yeah. of dick do you have to be yeah. to? Uh... Yeah, so, and and what I have learned from them is about just recognising talent, yeah. recognising mm. somebody's potential. Mm. Um, they may well. not be in that role yet, but they can see potential. So when I'm building teams, I hire based on potential. You don't necessarily have to have had that role already mm. or have done it already. It's well, and about, you're creating new roles as yeah, well, aren't you? It's so. about potential and it's about behaviours. And yeah. I think the thing that I have learnt from some of the best bosses is that build a team of people that uh, are hungry and humble and I think what I've always worked in mm. teams that are hungry and humble and I struggle when I'm not in a team mm. that's hungry and humble I feel like a fish out of water mm. when I'm not in a team that's mm. like that mm. so um entitled and uh <laughs> well yeah, yeah. Um, um, it doesn't get you very far I, I, I just can't deal with egos yeah. I re- and I and hierarchy I don't yeah. get it yeah. Uh, and I've been talking a bit with my team about uh, um, the monkey in the tree, where there's a monkey in the tree. If you're above the monkey who's sitting in the tree, you see a big smiling face. If you're below the monkey <laughs> sitting in the tree, you yeah. see an arsehole. Yeah. And it's removing those monkeys in the tree. I have learned from some of the best bosses I've had. According to your Wikipedia page, you have worked with a life coach for over 10 years. Is that true? Yes, I had lunch with him yesterday. Oh, very nice. Yes. And how has that changed you? Uh, I think how Adrian has helped me is it's about self-belief and confidence. So I think we all have moments, unless you're Donald Trump, I think you all (laughs) have moments where you lack self-belief and confidence. I think you do. And... Adrian has been brilliant at sort of giving me the verbal slap that I need um, and to really help me with that growth mindset. When I think I can't, he helps me change it to I can't yet. Um, So he's made me recognise what I am capable of um, in small steps and small increments um, and that the power of communication as well. I may not have... You know, I may not have gone to the red brick universities. I may not have got a double first from any of them. Uh, from an IQ perspective, I am pretty sure there's probably more people with a higher IQ than me. But him recognizing the value and helping me recognize the value of EQ mm-hmm. in terms of leadership. That's how he's really helped me. And again, building the right team around you yeah. uh, to help with the areas that you do struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um so for me, it's about that that self-belief and that growth mindset he's helped, uh, both personally and professionally as well. Now, w- when I ask what's next for you, I'm kind of conscious of the fact that we just talked about one of your roles when we introduced <laughs> you, and you have many roles and many demands in your time. Mm. So what's next, both in terms of prioritisations, I suppose, but mm. also just generally what's, what's immediately next? I will always do a role or stay in a role where I really feel as though I can help talent shine Mm. and help talent grow and where I can have influence. As soon as that starts 
So it's that bit about your voice being heard yeah. uh, and being brought into an so, inner so, sanctum. So say that thing about, I love what you say about the you know diversity and then inclusion and then belonging. So uh, I, I, I sort of say diversity is when you get lots of people who celebrate difference in a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, inclusion is when you have lots of those people who are different, that have got a seat at the table. But belonging is genuinely when those people that show and demonstrate difference have a voice and it's mm-hmm. heard. Um, very different so from just recruiting a pipeline. Very different from recruiting yeah. a pipeline and just getting lots of difference in a room. Mm-hmm. It's about that difference actually shaping where you can go and shaping culture. Mm-hmm. So where I can still have influence and my voice is valued and heard, I will continue doing a role. Um, where I pivot uh, is where I feel as though that's plateauing or I can mm-hmm. see another opportunity. So look, things that I've got involved in. Yeah. So the cabinet office, there's obviously I feel as though I can help. That is, yeah. you know, the government is made up a bit like WPP of a number of different government departments that need to collaborate and come together for the greater good of the UK Mm. government to make sure in uncertain political times Mm. that there is somebody helping drive and focus Mm. the government so you know I enjoy being able to help and advise I never want to be an MP I never want to run to be Prime Minister Minister that's not going to happen at the moment (laughs) it's not going to happen Um, so that's one of the roles Uh, Creative England and Creative Industries Federation is about the value of the creative industry Mm. sector that we sit in and I Mm. don't think we get our full dues for the value of the sector because Mm. we don't make or manufacture something yeah. I don't think the value of our sector is recognized by government mm. in terms of how much we contribute to GVA mm. and how much we grow year on year yeah. which totally you know outstrips anything that's happening when it comes to our GDP we yeah. absolutely outstrip it year on year so those two organizations about making sure we get what we need and advertising's the third biggest sector in the creative industry sector what we need to continue to Mm. grow and contribute Mm. to the UK and we're a core part of the industrial strategy but also helping those organisations that are starting and might need some money to help Mm. them grow Mm. and scale. Um, I'm Chancellor of my own university, my old university and that's so important to me because going to that university helped me believe what was possible. and I think, you know... That's Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Everyone, yeah. Uh, and I Shout do, out for Portsmouth. <laughs> and I do think kids coming out of university are facing a tough time. Yeah, they are. Uh, and resilience is going to be well. so important. Yeah. So getting that emotional resi- resilience and getting work ready mm. is why I love working with the talent at Portsmouth. It's a special place. It's a brilliant university. Mm. Um, and then uh, I'm also mum as well yeah. to uh, lovely Isaac to the uh, the most amazing, confident, challenging nine year old boy, um, which I love doing. Brilliant. Now on to the regular questions, some of which would have changed since the last time you did it. So, mm. uh, what is your favourite line from a poem, song, or a book? Oh, that is so tough because I was looking at some Mayor Angelo yeah. um, poems. And one that always sort of brings tears to my eyes is when uh, you talk about rise. Yeah, we, me too. Uh, it yeah. Literally, chills. 
but then also some Aretha Franklin songs as well. Yeah. Um, I went, I was lucky enough to go and see um, Gladys Knight in concerts oh. uh, the other night at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, she got rid of the pips, by the oh, way. Nice. She's ditched the pips. pips? Yeah. I? Um, but she covered an Aretha Franklin oh. song. And so I think, you know, uh, Chain of Fools, I love, absolutely love the lyrics in that song. Respect, clearly, yeah. I absolutely love. And uh, uh, Natural Woman, I love as well. That brings, that, they sung that and that brought tears yeah. to my eyes. So you going to pick there's one? There's a few. No, I can't. I, on it, I genuinely can't. I genuinely can't. Can we let that go? Uh, no. 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 Oh no, you've you, got to. Because you're going, you're not even going lines, you're just going songs. Just give, go me, give me a no, snippet. No, I, I genuinely can't. R-E-S-P. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. There we go. There you go. Picked for me. Important. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you were a genie, what five commonly available <laughs> objects would I put in a magic circle to summon you? So there'd have to be some killer heels. <laughs> God, your heels. I've got flats on today. Flats it's because I'm today. running around. Yeah. Um, so they'd have to your, be some your, killer heels. Your, your heels. I mean, I, I could. I, I would need like practice just to. I think I came out of the womb in, <laughs> in heels somehow. Very awesome. I don't know. Do you have a specific? I mean, respect for the heels. Pair. Oh, they're. they're uh, uh, yeah. No, no. Uh, and again, unfortunately, I am not brand loyal when it comes to a no, specific heel. No, but describe heel. a favourite one because I think we need to visualise it for the listeners who might not. Oh, I've seen um, there's some quite spiky ones there oh, uh, there's some red sort of tassely <laughs> yeah. ones with uh, it looks like a sort of 1920s flapper dress the heels Brilliant. that would go with it Brilliant. there you go bright red as well um, you would get a backpack probably a Ghanaian print backpack so I am a fan of a very colourful printed backpack I have friends who are from Ghana, yeah. who always sort of bring me back or recommend backpacks um, because I travel around different operating companies. So yeah. I don't sit in any one office, so I move around. Uh, so a backpack would be in there. Uh, what would also be in there? Um, oh, some chunky jewellery. So yeah. I, I am wearing some tasseled earrings awesome today. Earrings. Yeah. Uh, so there would be some chunky jewellery in there, normally from Ghana as well. Um, they know how to make a good piece of jewellery. Brilliant online site, Funky and Chunky, oh, if you'd like good. chunky jewellery from Ghana. Uh, so what we've got is so we've got chunky jewellery, we've got backpack, we've got some killer heels. Uh, there would be an iPhone in there as well. Cool. I am lost without my phone. And uh, what else would be in there? What would be my snack of choice? Let me think. Uh, actually, it would probably be a crunchy. Not, not the rum cake. Mm, see, I'd, I'd have to, I'd, I'd be, I'd be worried about which flavour rum cake. You were quite <laughs> famous for your rum cake. I know. Yeah. You. Or rum punch, actually. Yeah. <laughs> nice little flask of rum punch but, but would be for, better. But for me, the, um, when, when you'd come back <laughs> from and Barbados, be from Barbados yeah. with there'd the be a plethora of rum cake. potent. We could have a range, a range of rum cakes. <laughs> a range of rum cakes it is. There you go. Uh, do you have a book that you've recommended the most? Uh, One Minute Manager uh, is a brilliant book. Also, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. If you could change the industry in one way right now, what would it be? 
oh god that would just be about everybody making sure that they had some tangible kpis when it comes to d i and b with by certain time period yeah, as yeah, well yeah. without it yeah. being this thing that keeps nice on running have, a nice time yeah exactly it's got to be a must have if we were to give you a billboard, where would you put it and what would it say? My mum always wanted me to have a roundabout in Barbados because when you've made it big in Barbados, yeah. you get a roundabout named after you. Uh-huh. So there's the Garfield Sobers roundabout, yeah. there's the Walcott roundabout. So no there is no Karen Blackett Not roundabout yet. in Barbados. Not yet. So, <laughs> so my billboard would be on my roundabout in yeah. Barbados, which would be somewhere near the airport, near Grantley Adams Airport. So that as soon as you land, all visitors could see my roundabout. For Mar Blackett. For Mar Blackett, indeed. And the final question is from the Toolkit for Careers Ooh. from the School of Life. So if you could to you finish us off. You cannot prepare for this. You cannot prepare. Pick one. I'm going to go for the one on the end. Go. Very few people go for anything but the middle. Read it out and answer it, please. Failure was defined in my family as not being happy. There it is. Karen, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure.